0: 17 is over. The final weekend for the home and away season is here and I'm just reflecting on such an unimaginable and incalculable season and year. I remember when I was making predictions very early on and I still don't think anyone could have predicted how the entire season would play out. I've been so engrossed in footy that it was a bit surreal to have Sunday Night Football back over the weekend here in the States, just in time for those who need something during the off-season, I guess, for footy. But there's been a lot of news this week. For one, they're easing restrictions on regional cities and country towns in Victoria, which just started on Wednesday. So regional Victorians will be able to travel, dine in at restaurants, cafes, and pubs, and visit their friends and gather outdoors in groups of up to 10. And two, if Victorian clubs both win qualifying finals, the AFL will ask where they want to play for a grand final spot, any kind of home ground advantage that they can get to preserve the integrity of the comp, I guess. And number three, there have been continuing job cuts within the AFL. And the AFL and the United Services Union have been told to meet privately to resolve their differences in the opening round of a fair work commission dispute over the job cuts. But really the biggest news of all is it's just that time of year where players announce their retirement. And players renew their contracts or the salary cap forces some to look elsewhere and teams start kind of looking at their roster and making all the changes. And I know there will be significant changes within our own club and I think our roster will look a little bit different at the start of 2021. But other big news was that Sean Burgoyne signed a one-year contract extension, which was a surprise to some. He only needs to play 13 more matches to hit 400 games, and he'll have the chance to become just the fifth player in AFL history to hit that 400 milestone mark. The club has acknowledged that they believe his career is in its twilight. I think that's just such a crazy thing to say, but it is a sport. So the New Deal will see Burgoyne, who's 37 now, take on a part-time Indigenous advisory role with the Hawks in 2021, and he will transition into the off-field role full-time once his playing commitments are finished. So what do you guys think about all the news that's floating around right now? And what do you guys think about Burgoyne's extension, and really everything else that's happening within the comp since we're nearing the end of the season? AFL Footy Obsessed at Gmail and AFL Obsessed on Twitter if you want to share your thoughts. But now on to my highlights and fave moments from round 17 games. I still can't believe I'm saying that. In the Saints versus the Eagles game, Tim Kelly was everywhere the Eagles needed him to be. This was a really close game, and Kelly kicked a goal to put West Coast back in the lead and ultimately helped them lock up their final spot. So congrats to the Eagles. In the Cats versus Tigers game, Jack Revolt's marks and four goals were amazing, but I also have to say that Radagalia's mark and goal in the fourth quarter, too, were really great personal highlights for me. In the Kangaroos versus Dockers game, Jesse Hogan kicked four goals. I mean, what a story from someone who kicked cancer back in 2017. It's just really great to see him doing well. And in the Power versus Bombers game, the Dixon one handed grab mark at the goal line in the first quarter. And I feel like in that one, it was all about Dixon. In the Giants versus D's game, Brett Daniels kicked kind of almost to himself in the pocket, but he turned and kicked the Sharon towards the goal line, and it was bouncing almost parallel to the goal line, but then took a crazy spin towards goal. It was kind of sideways spinning the way that he kicked it. That's one of the best goals I've ever seen. So that was definitely probably my number one moment from the week. In the Blues versus Crows game, there were two moments. The Incredible Crips was about to get tackled and he fumbled the ball and kind of handballed it off in the third quarter. So there was like a fumble, tackle, handball. And then he like sold some candy around players. I mean, there was just a whole group that was coming for him and he kicked for goals. So he was basically doing everything in that quarter and his mark and goal were amazing. And Bryce Gibbs at the end of the game, getting carried out by opposition players, the club he used to play for, where you could just see the love from both teams and respect, that was such an amazing moment. In the Hawks versus Bulldogs game, in the second quarter, Bailey Smith marked the ball and kind of hooked around his shoulder and kicked over his head. Definitely my fave moment from this game because that was an amazing goal. And I think Jack Gunston was just a bit unlucky at the end. He was kind of running towards a goal line and sprinting and just about to kick for goal, but the siren went off just a split second before his kick. So I feel like that was a bit unlucky, but another memorable moment. In the Swans versus Lions game, I think... It was that moment in the fourth quarter when Kitty Coleman kicked for goal, and he had missed, I think, the week prior, but he danced around in the fourth quarter, and he kind of bent it towards goal. Another amazing goal that I've seen, and Hipwood's kick on the run, too, were really great moments from that game. And in the Pies versus Suns game, Mason Cox's contested mark, which was highly contested, and then he bounced on the run and kicked for goal in the final quarter of the game. You know I gotta rep the American that's playing in the comp. <laughs> And now let's move on to my breakdowns of the rounds. Pure class, hard pass, and just trash. It's been a minute since you've heard me talk about this. So for pure class this week, everything that was outstanding about the round, Bryce Gibbs's retirement, which I mentioned earlier. Number two, Tom Bellchambers, who's also number two. His retirement after 13 seasons with the club. Number three, Adelaide winning their last three games. It ain't over till it's over to me. Way to turn it around. And number four, Cade Simpson retiring. So last year, Simpson signed a one-year contract extension. And with Daniel Wells retiring at the end of 2019, that made Simpson the last remaining member of the 2002 AFL draft. So now everyone's gone from that. Of course, Burgoyne was in the 2000 draft and he's now the oldest in the league. But number five, I would have to say, would be AFL 360 celebrating their 1,000th episode. So congratulations to both Jared and Rabo. And as for hard pass this week, what we can bypass, there was probably only one thing to me, and it had to have been Wish's comments, um, John Worsfold's comments, following the Essendon game. The Bombers have been bombing out for some time now, as much as it pains me to say that. And I think just his comments about how Essendon people, quote unquote, should kind of manage their expectations. And just because it's been a while, it doesn't mean that we're entitled to anything or having any kind of a win or any kind of an expectation, really. So that was kind of a hard game to swallow already, just constantly bombing out and losing, but then having to hear the head coach's comments also following that game. But I would have to say hard pass on that. As for just trash and what belongs in the bin, Elijah Taylor has been charged with assault and he's been stood down by the Sydney Swans. He was their 37th draft pick. They did give him Adam Goods's number. So I think there were certainly high hopes and expectations maybe, but also just big shoes to fill for him. And I know there's been a lot of stories surrounding him and drama this season with Quarantine and Hub and Breaking the Rules, but there is no place for assault in the game and I absolutely think that was the right call by the Sydney Swans. I look forward to wrapping up the home and away season in the next epi! I think the only thought that I have remaining is I know there was a seeming snub in the rising star nominations and sometimes I think they just square up for players they've missed previously and Isaac Quiner is absolutely a star. I know we've talked about him before, splitting his leg open. And I know that the Rising Star has nominations weekly, so ultimately they pick 22 nominations in the home and away season. And at the end of the year, they take a vote. So if somebody wants to tell me who's actually voting, I'd love to know. So what are your pure class hard pass and just trash picks for round 17? If you have any suggestions before the wrap up next week, I'm happy to include them. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter if you'd like to share your thoughts. But that's it for me, just a little mini. I'll be back next week. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.